0: Love the music of Christmas. I know I do. I appreciate some of the songs that have been around for hundreds of years. And I also thank God for some of the, the newer songs that are out there. Joseph's song, every time I hear that, it's uh, kind of an overwhelming thing to, to just kind of put yourself in Joseph's position as to what he had to deal with there in raising the Lord Jesus Christ who is God the Son, but not Joseph's biological son. And then Christmas Hallelujah. It's almost hard to sing that that tears coming to your eyes. I confess I also like some of the secular songs of Christmas. A lot of them are kind of fluffy and meaningless and don't have much to them. But uh, I guess one of my uh, favorites is I'll Be Home for Christmas. You like that one? I've always liked that one probably because... Uh, I had the opportunity to grow up in a wonderful Christian family and uh, had parents that loved me and God's blessed my wife and me with uh, some wonderful Christian kids and grandkids as well. And uh, I've lived away from my parents since I was about 17 years old, took off for college and always enjoyed going home when I could, uh, even though home changes somewhat over the years. A good home is special because it's a place we belong, a place where we are loved, a place where we're wanted and we are accepted. But for some, the thought of home is not without pain. For some, home is a place of dysfunction and rejection and sadness for all of us. Our homes and our families change over the years as one by one our loved ones are taken from this earth by death, making it impossible for us to share Christmas with them anymore. Sometimes distance and duty make it necessary for us to be apart from home and family at Christmas time, and we especially thank God for those in the military that are away from their families and are willing to do that to protect us. But I thank God that there's also hope and blessing when we can't be home with those that we love for Christmas. And we see some great examples in Scripture of those who were not home that first Christmas. And we see the blessings that they became and the blessings that they received as we open up God's Word in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2 i direct your attention there. We have four reminders of some that were away from home that first Christmas. And the first ones that stand out are Joseph and Mary. They weren't home that first Christmas because they were compelled by circumstances, rather unpleasant circumstances, to be elsewhere. We read in Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 2, verse 1, says, And it came to pass in those days, that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this census first took place while Quirinius was governor in Syria. So all went to be registered, every one to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David. He went to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. We find out that uh, the home for Joseph and for Mary was in Nazareth. That's uh, where they lived. But they were compelled to go to Bethlehem by a, a decree from the Roman emperor of the day, Caesar Augustus. And that decree had to do with uh, enacting a census for the purpose of taxing people. They don't want to miss anybody. So everybody's supposed to go back to their hometown and, and was supposed to register there. And then there'd be a, the, the role of how many people should be paying taxes in any particular place. And so Joseph and Mary are caused to make this trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And it was not an easy trip. It was a a trip that was difficult. First of all, it was 75 miles, and they couldn't just jump into their vehicle and and zip down the road. They didn't have any minivans back then. Uh, They were either going by foot or donkey or maybe a cart at the best, a cart with no shock absorbers. And here's poor Mary, late in her pregnancy. And I don't know which would have been worse. Walking along the roads going there or trying to ride on a donkey. Uh, Well, Maybe that's one of the reasons why she ended up delivering when they got down there to Bethlehem. Except for the fact that it's God's perfect time that the Lord came. So it was a a difficult trip. And when they got to Bethlehem the conditions were very crowded. And of course you know the story. They couldn't find any room in the inn for them. So they end up uh, being in a stable outside the inn and that's where the Lord Jesus is born and for a crib he ends up having a manger which basically is a feed trough and uh, so that's where that they're at and we find that later on we also find that in addition to traveling to Nazareth or from Nazareth to Bethlehem they end up making another trip from Bethlehem to Egypt spend a couple years in Egypt because Herod's intention was to kill Jesus. In fact, he had issued a decree that all the male children in Bethlehem, two years of age and under, should be executed. And so they end up making a, an additional trip. But but this was God's plan for them. We find it in Scripture, uh, in Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, it talks about one who's going forth we're from everlasting, who's going to be a ruler, who's going to be born in Bethlehem of, of Judea. So... God's plan was for the Messiah to be born in Bethlehem. And so God had to get Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem at the right time. And our God, that was no problem for him, he just controls the Roman emperor and causes the Roman emperor to decide he wants to pass a new tax, he wants to make a sense. Who's really in control? Our God, who's sovereign, or the Roman emperor? So we find that the God's prophetic word becomes fulfilled, and God providentially works all things out, even using the Roman emperor to get Joseph and Mary at the right time. Unpleasant circumstances got them to the right place at just exactly the right time. Our God makes no mistakes. They became a blessing to all, and they also become greatly blessed in this as well. Uh, God also provides warning for them that they about Herod, and they end up leaving, going to Egypt for a time. And then they are told by God when it was safe for them to come back again. You know, sometimes we bump into unpleasant circumstances, even at Christmas time, and, and God's hand is in it. I, I think of a trip I made from uh, Widow Lake, Indiana, when I was at Grace Seminary. Uh, and I was traveling back to New Jersey, where my parents were living at the time, and when I travel, generally, I'm on a mission. My mission is to get from where I am to where I'm going as quickly as possible, within the limits of the law, of course. And uh, my my grandparents lived about halfway between. They lived in the Pittsburgh area. And I didn't plan to stop there because I was on a mission from Indiana to New Jersey. Well, I had car trouble. And I had a cousin that lived in the Pittsburgh area that was a mechanic. So... I end up stopping there in the Pittsburgh area spending some unexpected time with my grandparents and my grandfather was not a believer as far as we knew and while I was there and my cousin was working on my car I had the opportunity to share the gospel with my grandfather. He did not make a visible decision at that time when I talked to him but he did give some indication to my grandmother later on that uh, God was at least really working in his heart. Exactly what happened we'll find out when we get to glory but I had the opportunity to share the gospel with him. Shortly after I was there with them they ended up going they went down to South Carolina to see my aunt down there they came back from South Carolina in May I believe it was or March of that next year and the day after they got home, my grandfather had a cerebral hemorrhage and died. And I'm hoping, I'm praying, that the opportunity that God gave to me in that unexpected circumstance, that unexpected delay, was used by the Lord to bring him to the place where he would trust Christ as a Savior. So we find that God's hand is even in our, our unpleasant circumstances that we have to face in our life. So... We need to look for God's hand behind those circumstances. We need to be faithful to God no matter what kind of circumstances come up. We need to trust God no matter what comes along our way. And we should seek to be a blessing to others. And we should look for unexpected blessings ourselves as well. We find not only were were, uh, Joseph and Mary away from Christmas that first Christmas, but uh, also we read here about the shepherds. Who weren't home for Christmas. They, they were compelled by their responsibility to work. In verse 8 it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them.
1: And they were greatly afraid. Then the
0: angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of david a savior who is christ the lord and this will be the sign to you you'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising god and saying glory to god in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. These men had their responsibility turn into an opportunity. Their, their homes would have been in the uh, villages near Jerusalem. Maybe some of them were even from Bethlehem. And their, their, their way of raising livestock over in the Middle East as well as in some countries still today, was different than it is in our country. It's just not a matter where you have your pastures and you kind of turn your livestock loose out into the pastures like we do here. Rather, they, they, these people generally live down in their village, and the, the pastures were up in the hills or away from the village. And so your, your shepherds and your, your folks that had other livestock... A lot of times daily they would take the, the, their livestock up to the pastures where they would eat. Well, sometimes they, they took them out to the pastures and they, they stayed there. And these men had left their homes and, and their villages and they had gone out to the pastures and, and taken the sheep there. And their responsibility, being good shepherds, their responsibility indicated that they needed to be there at night. They, they couldn't just go home and leave the shepherds, leave the sheep out there in the field. Uh, a couple of reasons. Number one, thieves. There were sheep rustlers in those days. And they had to protect the, the, uh, the sheep from being stolen. Also, there were predators. And so they, they had to stay overnight out in those fields and, and watch and protect their sheep. Now, when I was a kid, sometimes uh, me and some of my buddies would, would take our sleeping bags and we'd go sleep outside under the stars. We thought that was great great fun uh, as we get older sometimes that loses its luster and I, I can't imagine these shepherds were real excited about sleeping out under the stars and being there and, and they also had the fact that they were out there with a bunch of smelly sheep but but they were faithful to their responsibility and they did what they they needed to to do as they were out in the fields and, and staying there at at night and their responsibility turned into a wonderful opportunity as the the angels came and appeared to them and gave them directions about seeing the Savior who is Christ the Lord, the Savior who is the Messiah, the Savior who is God become flesh. And these guys got to to be a part uh, of one of the greatest object lessons that there's ever been. And that object lesson is that these men as lowly shepherds, not on a very high rung of the the status and social ladder of, of ancient Israel, these men as shepherds, they got to see the Messiah when He came. The Messiah who had been prophesied for thousands of years. These men as shepherds got to see Him. Angels appeared to shepherds. Angels didn't appear to priests. Angels didn't appear to the king. Angels appeared to these lowly shepherds, and they were able to have the opportunity and go, and they had access to the Savior. And What a picture that is today. You know, it's a wonderful thing that your social position has nothing to do with your accessibility to God. Uh, No matter how, how low we are in society, no matter what other people might think about us, our Savior is accessible to us. And the shepherds are, are a great, great object lesson that demonstrate that to us. Now, we, we learn some other things from them. In fact, sometimes we, we may not be thrilled about carrying out our responsibilities. Maybe uh, we're not real thrilled about working in the nursery during a church program. Maybe we're not real excited about doing the dishes after Christmas dinner. Sometimes we don't get real thrilled about practicing for anything. And sometimes we are not real excited about responding to needs that somebody has when it's not real convenient for us to help these people out. But, you know, a lot of times we ought to be looking for God to be giving us opportunities as we faithfully fulfill responsibilities. We, like the shepherd, may be amazed at the opportunities that God sends our way. So the important thing for us is be faithful. Be faithful to the responsibilities that God puts uh, upon us and look for the opportunities that he sends our direction. We find angels also were were not home for Christmas. They were compelled by the command of God to go and to serve. Uh, The holy angels dwell with God in the highest heaven. And I can't imagine how wonderful it must be to dwell with God in the highest heaven. know there's some pretty wonderful places down here on this earth aren't there but I don't think any of those could hold a candle to what we see in the highest heavens we have some descriptions in the Word of God we have Isaiah chapter 6 where it it talks about the Lord being on the throne and the angels gathered around him and and crying out holy 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 we have the description over in the book of Revelation chapter 21 chapter 22 about what a great place the holy city the the heavenly city the new jerusalem is which is probably the third heaven it's a place where the streets are paved with transparent gold it's a place of light it's a place of being with god it's a a glorious place as you read the descriptions there it's a place where there's no sickness no disease no death it's a place where we get to be with god and dwell with him and he's our God, and we're his people. And, then, and the angels got, got to live there. The angels dwelt there, but they had to leave. They were sent on a mission, and their mission was to come to, to Nazareth. Even the Jews didn't like Nazareth. You know, when, when Jesus came from Nazareth and the people down in Jerusalem, what was their response to that? Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? You think of some little city, maybe or a little town that's not so great in your your mind, and put that in there. I went to high school in Wilmerding, Pennsylvania. Can you imagine that? Just down the river from the Wall, of Pennsylvania. Two really exciting places. And, and being sent to Nazareth might have been being sent like being sent to Wilmerding, or the place that you might think of in your mind. But but they came to Nazareth, and they they. They came then to Bethlehem, and then they went to the fields outside of Bethlehem, and they were on a mission. They came to speak to Mary, and the angel came, and Gabriel gave her word about the fact she was going to conceive this child under the miracle of the Holy Spirit of God, and that this child was going to be her Savior. What a great thing that was. Then the angel speaks to Joseph. Give him instructions. Go ahead, take Mary as your wife. It's true, she hasn't been fooling around on you. She, the, the, what she's carrying really is virgin conceived and, and it's the Messiah and call his name Jesus when he's born because he's going to save his people from their sins. And then the angels appear to the shepherds in Bethlehem in the fields. and they got to give this great announcement. They came at the, the command of God. God told them to do it. God sent the angel to Mary. God sent the angel to Joseph. God sent the angels to the shepherds in the field. And and as a result, they got to announce one of the the greatest things that's ever happened in this world. God became man to be our Savior. What an amazing thing. You know, there's great joy in serving God. Even when it requires you and me getting out of our comfort zone. Now, can you imagine being more comfortable than being an angel in heaven? And God said, I want you to leave. I want you to go to Nazareth. I want you to go to Wilmerdeen. I, I want you to go and make an announcement to these people and tell them. And, and, and they did. They did. They faithfully obeyed. And we find that they get to, to give a joyous announcement. And they also get to, on, here in Luke chapter 2, glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace, goodwill toward men. But most important of all, it's great that Joseph and Mary were not home, that God got them from Nazareth down to Bethlehem. It's great that the shepherds were were not home and they got the announcement so they could go to Bethlehem. It's great that the angels were willing to obey God and make the announcements that God had them to make. But but most significant of all at that first Christmas is the fact that Jesus was not home. In the highest heaven, at the right hand of God, that first Christmas. Now, Mary and Joseph were compelled by circumstances, by a decree from Caesar. The the shepherds, they were compelled by responsibility to do their job. The angels were compelled by a command of God. Jesus was compelled by nothing outside of his love for you and me. No one could compel Jesus to leave heaven to come to earth. Nobody could ascend to heaven to bring him down from heaven to this earth. But only one thing did that. In fact, he loves you. He loves me. He knew he needed a Savior. We were sinners. And somebody needed to pay for our sin. And he was willing to do that. And thank God he did. He left his home in heaven. Left it behind and he came to this earth. He left it for a stable in bethlehem he left it to become an infant and i'll tell you what you, you contemplate the fact that he's the creator of all things he's the sovereign god of the universe and he's that baby in the manger there's a there's a representation of it there in the the nativity scene on the on the communion table there i hope i never get over marveling at that and i hope you don't either That baby in the manger was God in the flesh. And why did he do that? Because he loves you. And he wants you to spend eternity in heaven with him. He eventually goes to the cross at Calvary. And takes our sin upon himself. Pays the price. He's laid in the tomb. Third day he rises again. Proving he is God. Become flesh. As he claimed that he was. And he also proved that his sacrifice had been accepted. And all we need to do, folks, is come to the place where we take Christ to be our Savior. Believe like the shepherds did. Uh, Believe like so many of the disciples did. Put our trust in him to be our Savior. Think about what he did for us. He rose from the dead. And he today has ascended back to his heavenly home. You know, one other thought that comes into play is the fact that uh, we think about being home for Christmas. In one sense, none of us here today are really home for Christmas. If you're a Christian this morning, you need to know something. This world's not your home. Not my home. The Bible says that we are strangers and pilgrims down here we're here temporarily our citizenship we're told in Philippians 3 is where it's in heaven it's in heaven we're not home we're not home and even though we may have a wonderful earthly home and wonderful parents and a great family and we love being with them as far as the world as a whole is concerned do you ever feel like you're a square peg in a round hole you ever feel like you just don't quite fit in? Praise God. That's a good thing. It's a good thing because we're not home. God's got a better home for us. Jesus Christ went and prepared a place for us. And he made the way possible for us to get there. That's what the cross was all about. In John chapter 14, he told the disciples that they should not let their hearts be troubled. That he was going to go, and in the Father's house were many dwelling places. He says, I'm, I'm going to go, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And, and good news, if I prepare a place for you, what do he say he's going to do? I'm going to come for you, and I'm going to take you to be with me, that where I am, there you may be also. How do we get to that place? Well, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father. No man comes to the Father except by me. But the good news is that one of these days we will, we will be home for Christmas. Uh, and and we'll, as we get home for Christmas, we'll be with, with loved ones that have gone on before us. We'll be in a tremendous environment there in glory, in a perfect environment. What a glorious thing that will be. We'll be with Jesus who died on the cross for us. We'll get to look upon Him and see Him face to face. will not that be great? That'd be great. That's what we had to look forward to. You know, that's something that the songwriters on this earth can't really touch. Now, we've had Christian songwriters that have written about the prospect of going home. I like the one that talks about, imagine waking up in glory and finding it home. That'd be great. So, in a sense, we're not really home for Christmas. But good news. One day, through what Jesus did for us on the cross, if we know Him as our Savior, we will be home for Christmas. And being at home in heaven will be great—be greater than anything we can imagine. And with our minds in this world today, and it is certainly cause for rejoicing. You know, even if you can't be home down here, your home down here has changed tremendously, and you. Your family's all gone, and you're the only one left. Good news. One of these days, we're going home to heaven if we know Christ, and it's going to be great, and it's going to be forever. It's going to be eternal, and the luster won't wear off. Be great. And what a reason it is for rejoicing here this morning. And the good news is if you're here and you don't know Christ as Savior, you're not sure heaven's your home. You can be sure of that. It all comes down to one thing. What have you done with Jesus? Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. Are you prepared? Are you prepared? Is Christ your Savior? He was born, a Savior was born, who's Christ the Lord. The shepherd went to them. Have you come to Christ yourself? Heavenly Father, we thank you. For the fact that Jesus was willing to leave heaven behind. So that we could have our home in glory with him. And and to be in, in heaven and to be wanted, to be loved, to be accepted, to belong. We thank you that he did all that was necessary as he went to that cross and shed his blood for us. Father, I thank you for the the cause for rejoicing we have as Christians this morning. And I pray, Father, for any who may not know the Savior, they might put their trust in Christ today, and they might rejoice as well. God, we give you thanks for this. and bring these requests to you in Jesus' name.